Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Monday of the week, an opportunity for for striving to be bigger and better than we were yesterday. This is a big week in the Jewish calendar. This is a week in Hebrew called Shavua Shechalbo, which translates as the week that it happened. We're talking about the destruction of the temple. Really the beginning of a period of time of which God went into a sort of a mode of more hiding. So the godliness in this world is less apparent. And in many ways, it is our job to bring out the godliness inside us and the godliness inside of others. And the the antithesis to that was this week. So it's really a week where we are much more, we're much more cognizant of that. So for this will be a week that's filled with good and we'll be able to really uh, bring more godliness into our own lives and into the lives of all those around us. Yesterday we started talking about this idea of having a positive ideal to strive for. When we're striving for something, we have to always ask ourselves, what are we striving for? And if what we're striving for is to get rid of a negative, it doesn't motivate us. It doesn't move us. Usually, negatives, especially a negative in which I'm not, I don't really buy into. That negative isn't a internally motivating factor for our lives. So I don't really want to not eat that, but I have to because I want to lose weight. I don't really want to understand her, but I have to because there's tension in my home. I don't really want to have to spend more time educating him, but I have to because he's failing in school. I don't really want to be working harder at my craft, but I have to because I have to make more money. I don't really want to connect to God, but I have to because it ain't working and I got to work on my prayer or I don't feel fulfilled enough or satisfied enough or I had an experience that left me realizing that there's more to this world than that which I originally thought. So when we think about what we're after, what ends up happening to us is we end up going after things. And I'm trying to find the spot that's not sunny. We end up, we end up going after things that we deep down don't really want. We're doing it because it's, a, it's going to give us a consequence. It's going to add a consequence of our lives is what we want. I remember we spoke about this earlier. This is an exotelic exercise. The behavior itself isn't what I want. I want the thing posted behavior. And even that I don't even want. I just want the consequence of that. I don't really want to not eat food that it tastes delicious. I don't really want to spend more time engaging and knowing somebody else. I don't really want to spend more time with this kid. I don't really want to be spending more time working on my spirituality. I want what will result from it. And if someone can give me an easier pitch, if someone can tell me, like, go do this and it'll be quicker or easier for you, I'm in. If someone can tell me, like, I can make money cheaper, 
or I can just say these words 10 times and then I'll get the same impact. Or I can eat this thing or, you know, eat watermelon every day for three days and that'll lose my weight. Great. Whatever. Just give me the easiest way to the goal because I don't care about the thing that I'm doing. I care about what I'm going to get from it. When we think about our goals this way, when we think about what we're striving for this way, what ends up happening is we don't really spend the time on the behavior itself because the behavior itself isn't worth it to us. We don't see the value in the work that we're doing. We only see the value in the intended result. To people like that play sports, there's a huge difference. It's so subtle, but it's so big. There are people that play sports only to win the championships. That's their goal of playing in the game. They just want to win. And when they don't win, they see the whole season as wasteful. Now, there are people that want to win, but understand that they're not playing the game to win. The winning is what's motivating them and driving them and, and, and juicing them as they hit walls. But they really are playing the game because they love the game. So when it comes to our personal goals, especially as we talk about this idea which we came off of, which is the self-talk, that is so critical. Because with the self-talk that we've spoken about, the ability to hijack our minds, what that's going to do is solidify in our minds what we're after. And many times in life, the reason we're not successful is because we do the thing that we're supposed to do. We don't really want to do it. And our brain tells us that. Right? We, we, we talk to that person, but we don't want to. So our mouths are moving, but our brains are going, oh, come on, enough. And then we go drive home, we're like, really? Can you believe what she said? Can you believe what he did? So we end, what ends up happening is we end up engaging in a behavior that should be taking us in the right direction, but our brains, and in particular, the internal speech just keeps on holding us back. And we don't know why we're not winning. And the reason we're not winning is because we're not aligned. Our mouths are doing one thing. Our mind is saying something totally different. We're not even acting in a way in which everything is lined up. And, they, and people feel it. It's that teacher who looks at the kid who's more challenging and doesn't really want to teach them at their level. She wants to teach at a level that the rest of the class is at. So she's going to teach the kid, but at the end of the day, she can't connect to the kid. She doesn't see him for who he is. She doesn't believe in him for who he is. So when her and the parents get together, there's like a list of all the things the kid did right and the kid did mostly wrong. And the parents, like, they know the kid isn't perfect, but, like, they sense something else. And they don't know what it is. And what it is is that she doesn't really believe in him. And her brain is like, what am I doing this for? This kid's annoying me. She doesn't have to say the word annoying, but, like, that's what she's thinking. So there's a disconnect between what that kid needs and her mouth, which is saying the right words. You really should be doing your homework. And what's really going on in her head. That's, that spouse feels it when the other spouse doesn't really want to understand them. That 
God, if you will, the, 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 the work that one does spiritually doesn't seem to have the impact because it's not really being done in an aligned way. That person is praying, but looking at his watch going, when is this thing over? That client like knows you don't really want to be helping me. You, that, that boss senses so easy for a boss to sense it. I never understood it when I was on the other side. It's so easy for a boss to sense when the employee doesn't want to be there. So what ends up happening is if when we set our goals, we set our goals incorrectly. We set our goals to get rid of a negative. It does, we don't have that internal motivation to keep on going. And really where we see it is that conflict between our body and our speech, our internal speech. And when you find yourself replaying negative, when you find yourself telling somebody off in your brain, when you find yourself being mad at somebody and the thing in the brain is like going off and you have to control your mouth, when you find that happening to you, what you are seeing is a disalignment between what you are doing and what you are thinking. And a lot of that disalignment comes because the thing that your engagement is you're doing it not for a reason that is positive. It is a misalignment of the goals. The missile was not aligned properly with the target. And a lot of that comes because we don't take the time to identify the positive of what we're, we're striving for. I hope I'm being clear. I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm trying to be healthy. I'm not trying to reduce the tension in my home. I'm trying to be an incredible husband. I'm not dealing with the kid. I'm trying to be the principal, the teacher that I could be. I'm trying to be spiritual. I'm trying to be valuable to the people around me. When we identify our goals with a positive identity, Not an action. I'm not trying to get that kid to get an A. I'm not trying to get my wife to understand. I'm not trying to fit into a dress. I'm not, I'm not trying to do something. I'm trying to be something. When I look at my life and I see the things that I have to work on, we have to take the time to identify that with Something positive that I want to be. I want to be strong. I want to be resilient. I want to be kind. I want to be generous. And usually, if not almost always, the path to becoming something you're not is through challenge. The way you stretch the muscles of where you are to where you need to go is through challenge. So when you look out at that kid and the kid is annoying you because it's seven o'clock in the morning or all the other ones are paying attention, this one's driving you nuts. Or when you look at that student or you look at that client or you look at your, whatever it is that you're looking at, if you are defining something by who you want to be. And that is a positive 
image of yourself. That is an identity that you know you deep down should have. And when you feel more like that thing, you're going to feel fulfilled. Then the challenge that is in front of you is now the thing that now, the thing is not the challenge that is in front of you is not the thing that is going to prevent you from such good things. It's actually going to bring you there. I had this conversation with someone recently who was struggling with their weight. I was explaining to him that at the end of the day, you want to be healthy in life. Not when you're 32, when you're 72, when you're 82. And being healthy means you're going to be healthy. You're going to, listen, God determines how long you live, but you're going to live longer. You're going to be stronger. You're going to sleep better. These are very important traits. So if you were in your, he was explaining to me, when you were in your teens, in your 20s, in your early 30s, and you're struggling with things that maybe some of your friends weren't struggling with, and you had to adapt new behaviors in terms of what you ate and how you exercised just to maintain the body weight that maybe a friend of yours didn't have to because they ate indiscriminately. I understand that it feels like it is unfair because you're looking at it from a very action-based negative perspective. I want to lose the weight. So therefore, they get to eat whatever they want and lose weight, and I don't. So now when I don't eat the pizza that I want to eat, when I don't eat the ice cream, I feel bad about myself. The whole thing is negative. What if it was positive? What if at the end of the day you want to be healthy? And the greatest thing you can have for being healthy is in your youth, having to adapt practices that will make you healthier. So that as you get older, this is part of your life. You've built the muscles of saying no to food that is eaten just because it tastes good. You've built the muscles of exercising. You've built the muscles of learning when and how to eat. You've built the knowledge of which foods are good and not good. You've done all these things because you had to look a certain way in your, at your age, but it's going to last you your whole lifetime. So in your quest to be healthy, this is the greatest thing that can happen to you. How many times has this happened to families? How many parents are out there right now that will say, we had this child? There's always the child that if you had them first, you'd have one. You know that child? And because we had this child, at first it seemed impossible, but that child brought our whole family together. It made us different human beings. Sometimes that happens. Because deep down, you want to be great parents. And kids that just listen and follow along are wonderful gifts. But it's not because of you. You didn't do anything. They're loyal children. There are kids like this. They're just, they, they come and they just listen and they excel. And you come to parent teacher conference and they're like, your kid's amazing. You're like, yeah, I know. Listen, you know, I know. They're like, wow. And they, and they pay attention and they clean their room. You don't got to be much of a parent for that. You got to not mess them up. Then you get a kid who's struggling and he doesn't listen and he drives you nuts for many years. But that kid, potentially, could draw out your, your patience, your creativity, your resilience, your love in a way that could potentially take you to another level. I'm not saying the other kids aren't as valuable. Of course they are. They bring out other aspects of you. I'm not saying they don't bring out the parenting of kids that are much more loyal. I'm not saying they're not an incredible... Of course, of course. I'm saying when you look at things that come our way that challenge us, if the perspective is action-oriented, negative-based, it feels, 
it feels difficult going through the process because there's no purpose to the pain. And when there's no purpose to the pain, it feels meaningless. So we don't can't we can't muster the strength to get through it because we feel like the pain doesn't shouldn't be there. It shouldn't be so hard to connect to God. It shouldn't be so hard to connect to friends. It shouldn't be so hard to find my spouse. It shouldn't be so hard to make money. That pain of where I am and where I want to go feels meaningless. And the best way to make it feel meaningless is look that someone doesn't have it theoretically because most of us have no idea what's in someone else's life. But at least on the outside, they look like they're perfect and go, how come they? But if we flip it and identify an identity that we want to become in this world and recognize that the pain that we may be going through is actually the, the, the accelerator of allowing me to tap into my inner strength, my inner infiniteness, to build this pain, to build this purpose, I mean, now all of a sudden the whole pain is a different feeling. Now I am struggling through something because when I come out the other side, I'm going to be more like that ideal that I dreamed of being. If you look at great people, a lot of great people have struggled. They struggle with different things. Even if you look at people that seem like life is perfect, like you ever like look at the life of, you know, a government official, regardless if we like the government, we think they're a bunch of whatever. Look at the life of somebody who's in charge, who seems to be, forget government. Look at life of in charge of anything head of a nonprofit, the head of a school, the head of a, a local synagogue. Just look at the heads of things. On the outside, they seem like life is amazing. They have all this power. They're in charge. People, you know, are constantly toying to them. Going to their lives, their lives are filled with challenge. There's no moment where there's no challenge because you're dealing with someone else's problems. The greatness of an elected official, the greatness of a appointed person in charge the greatness of people that are in, in responsible for things is not anything but their ability to deal with challenge. That's what we have from there. We think they deal with challenge better than other people. We're going to talk about this this week. This is the week of challenge. So we're going to speak about this. Pain and purpose. Finding meaning. Because we have to. Because that's what's going to enable us to get us through the challenge. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have an amazing day. With God's help, I cannot wait. To see you again tomorrow.